3: This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Thank you so much for checking out the show this week. I have returned from sunshiny Tampa, Florida, my first experience covering a BKFC event, BKFC 19, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit to officially open up the program. The UFC was back this past Saturday with a pretty loaded card. UFC Vegas 32, headlined by a tremendous fight between the former UFC Bantamweight champion, the returning TJ Dillashaw. He took on Corey Sandhagen. Dillashaw gets the nod via split decision in a fight that a lot of people feel will be in the conversation for the fight of the year come December when all the awards conversations begin and uh just a tremendous fight. I got a chance to to finally watch it on Monday morning and I scored it for Sanhagen. I thought he won the fight, but no robbery at all. The real winners were the fans and everybody that got to watch the fight. So, it's definitely uh not anything egregious in terms of the scoring and who won the fight. It was tremendous and Both stocks rose, and that's all you can ask for. There were definitely some quote-unquote robberies on this card, and we'll discuss that for sure on the show. But, man, pretty loaded weekend in the combat sports world. We got another loaded weekend ahead of us this weekend. We got Bellator 263. Coming up on Saturday, headlined by the big one, Patricio Pitbull versus AJ McKee for the featherweight title. It's the Grand Prix finale. This is a fight that's been built up and built up and built up tremendously, perfectly by the promotion. So very excited for that. What a fight that is on paper. I know it's being billed as the biggest fight in Bellator history. I don't know if I would go that far. I have to really think about it, but it's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. And I can't remember... The last time I was this excited for a Bellator fight. I mean, Bellator's got some good cards and some good fights, and I've been excited for a good chunk of them, but like this, I don't know, man. This was a, this is one of those cards that just gets you all fired up and uh, really looking forward just to seeing how this thing plays out, what we're going to be talking about come Sunday or Saturday night, Sunday morning, Monday, all throughout the week, and we will be there throughout the week, in inglewood california so make sure you follow along with us right here on mafighting.com of course the ufc is also back on the same night bellator and the ufc going head to head that card headlined by uriah hall versus sean strickland so a lot to be excited about if you are a fan of mixed martial arts and combat sports as far as the guest list this week a bit of an abbreviated show i'm now back home getting back to the swing of things here in the northeast but we'll wrap things up with Mickey Gall, who looked tremendous on Saturday. Stopped Jordan Williams, best performance of his career in my eyes, his first fight in around 13 months or so. He dealt with a lot in between the loss to Mike Perry and this fight, and even just in the buildup to this fight with Jordan Williams. We'll discuss the big win and what he wants a little bit later on. We'll also recap UFC Vegas 32. The big storylines mostly with Mr. Dean Thomas, of course, one of the, the, the best minds in the sport so stay tuned for that but just more on the fight week experience covering a bkfc event it was a blast i uh was on an airplane for the first time in around two years flew out of boston to tampa i got there got to the hotel room wasn't ready yet I'm all sweaty and gross and all i wanted to do was take a shower at that point so but i couldn't really do that had a had a change in the lobby bathroom hop in an uber and head on over to the press conference in Clearwater, which was a lot of fun. It was at Burt's Barracuda Harley-Davidson, which is a really cool spot for it. And it got a little testy with Britton Hart and Jenny Savage at the press conference. And it just the whole thing, the, the the look, the experience was great. Got a chance to talk to Paige. Got a chance to talk to Rachel Ostovich. Uh, Britton Hart. Got some open workout stuff. I even got to meet uh, Paul Sr. from Orange County Choppers. You guys remember that show? I, uh, I saw him. I said hello, and then he actually like came up to me and and shook my hand, and said that he watches a lot of the stuff we do over at MMA Fighting, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So it's cool to meet Paul Senior. Just cool being out there for that experience of the of the press conference. I just really dug it. I thought it was it was really well done. And then Thursday we were back. We were at the uh, the Florida State Fairgrounds in Tampa, where the fights are actually going to take place. That's where the weigh-ins were and some fun face-offs some pushing some shoving things got uh, a little testy at times and it was fun got some cool stuff some good interviews after that but then the card itself on friday was just nuts man twists and turns we had run-ins we had people jump on the guardrail we had people in the seats trying to jump the guardrail we had violent finishes we had impressive performances we had rap performances walking social media influencers to the cage like the fighters all brought even the social media influencers they went out there and they fought their asses off yeah it was with gloves and yeah it wasn't bare knuckle it was what it was but you know kudos to those kids for getting out there and and doing what a lot of people in the crowd wouldn't have done so good on them i and i gotta say like i I got to talk to a few of them just like you know not on camera not in a like a full-on fight week setting, and they were all very, very nice. They were all very, very nice people, and, you know, good on them. And some of them want to fight bare-knuckle the next time around. We'll see if that actually happens, but that's what they told me they want to do on set on Friday night after the event. But in terms of the card itself, a lot of stars, in my opinion, on the night. Of course, Rachel Ostevich beating Paige Van Zandt was, was a big deal. Not a lot of people thought that was going to happen. I came, I came out of that fight with Paige feeling that bare knuckle is kind of perfect for rachel ostevich is it not i mean that that hawaiian warrior spirit was was on full display she looked incredibly comfortable in there i mean she cracked Paige right away like in the opening seconds of that fight and it set the tone for the rest of it like she looked great I, i she looked really really good and i know a lot of people think like Paige looked bad, and I didn't think she looked bad at all. I I thought Rachel just looked great, and that was just a a big difference maker. So Rachel gets the win. Paige is now 0-2 in BKFC. It'll be interesting to see what they do from here with her from here, but I mean there's no wrong answer. There's plenty of options for her. Maybe you throw her in there with Cassie Robb. I know Casey Lydon talked about that. That makes a lot of sense to me, and whatever Rachel Ostevich wants to do, she can do. Falls in her court, but uh, the aforementioned Britton Hart, she looked great. She finished Jenny Savage. It was, uh, I got to say, I was impressed with both of those ladies throughout the week. Their demeanor, just conversations on camera, off camera, their interviews, just all of it. The, the stories they have, I was just really impressed with both ladies. But Britton looked sensational in the fight. But in my eyes, the biggest star of the night, maybe even the entire weekend in combat sports, was Taylor Starley. I mean what what a performance i mean everything she comes out walking out to to mike jones and got the place jumping people were going crazy to the song it was just a perfectly selected song she danced cassie robbs rapping in the center of the ring and she just goes out there and savagely beats up cassie rob and if you've watched cassie rob fight in mma i know it's a different sport altogether cassie's a very durable fighter And Taylor just didn't give her a second to breathe. She just went right after her. As soon as she cracked her once, she cracked her about 435 more times and referee had seen enough. So big win for Taylor Starling. She's had a big year. She had that crazy fight with Teresa Star... Uh, Not Starling, what am I... Teresa Sagala. (laughs) Taylor's had a very big year. I mean, she's very humble in nature. She's got a very bright future in the sport and she stole the show in my eyes and I'm excited to see where BKFC goes from here with taylor starling i think she's somebody that they should be pushing right now i think they should be pushing britain hart too but i think taylor's got something and i think bkfc knows that now but really great trip still exhausted from it and i can't wait to cover another one of these bkfc events because it was just it was a blast it was a blast thank you to everyone who followed along this week and we really enjoyed it so we're going to kick off the interview portion of the show with the one and only dean thomas to recap ufc
0: vegas 32
2: that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's hits the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
3: All right, let us say hello to Dean Thomas. Doing multiple things here. He's driving and doing an interview at the same time. Just a a true man, a true mensch, if you will. One of the best minds in the sport of mixed martial arts. He was watching UFC Vegas 32 this past Saturday night, so I wanted to get his thoughts on the festivities.
4: Dean, thank you for doing this, man. How are you? Man, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm just multitasking, man. I try to get as much done in a day as I possibly can. But don't worry, I'm not going to be on the road all that dangerous like this. I'm parking right now. So what's up, man? Not
3: too much, man. You know, it's great to have you here. First off, the event on Saturday had a lot of great fights, some great finishes, some questionable judging, which we'll get into in a moment. But a lot of people feel, Dean, that top to bottom, this was one of the better fight night events the UFC has ever put on. So I wanted to ask you, first off, do you feel that way
4: as well? Were you entertained to the max on Saturday? Well, I was entertained to the max, for sure. But i it's hard to really say it was one of the better events. Because, I mean, sometimes those events are just really good. You know what I'm saying? So like um so I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. Some, you know, recently bias. I mean, it was just the other day, so of course we're gonna be like, Yeah, it was the best event ever. But it was a good event. But um I wouldn't go as far as to say it was the best event ever for a fight night.
3: Yeah, I mean, recency bias is a huge thing in this sport, so I, I get what you're saying. But let's let's start with the main event, because TJ Dillashaw returns to action for the first time in over two years, post-suspension, takes on Corey Sanhagen in a fight that probably exceeded the already ridiculously high expectations that it had heading into it. So in the end, Dillashaw gets the split decision nod. Before we get into the X's and O's of the fight, how, how did you score? Did you did, did the judges get it right, or did you feel that Sanhagen did enough to win?
4: I felt like Sanhagen did enough to win, but, 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 you know, TJ, you know, he, he had his moments, you know what I'm saying? Like he controlled the fight. Like he kind of won the game of the fight. I don't necessarily like that because it it makes, it makes the sport a little like playing a game. But I, I, you know, the thing is at the end of the day, like fighting should be about finishing and doing damage. And, you know, I don't think TJ did enough damage or did enough to get close to finishing to have won that fight. I I still think that Corey won that fight, but TJ kind of won the game of the fight, so.
3: what do you, what, do you, what do you mean by that specifically, like winning the game of the fight?
4: You know, when you talk about, like, scoring points and doing enough to, like, in the eyes of the judges, say that I'm in control... You know, he had his back for quite a bit, you know, from the standing position. And I guess he's winning from there, you know, like he's in a more offensive position, I guess. But he wasn't really doing anything. So, like, it's not to me, that's not really winning a fight to hold that position. But when when everything else is even, and it wasn't really even even, but for the amount of time that he had that position, you got to give him some credit for that because Corey didn't want to be there. So TJ was holding him in a position where he didn't want to be, even though he's not doing nothing. He's holding him in a position where he didn't want to be. So I guess you kind of say he's winning that portion of the fight.
3: These are definitely two of the very best fighters and arguably the best division in the sport right now. I mean, the fight was, was just plain ridiculous. So what I guess stood out to you the most, like what were your biggest takeaways from those 25 minutes?
4: My biggest takeaways is that uh, Corey is the better fighter. You know, Corey's the better fighter. I think more than TJ winning the fight, Corey kind of lost that fight for himself. I think he gambled on the fact that he was going to knock TJ out. So he made some mistakes in terms of some of his decisions and what he was doing in the fight. Some of the spinning attacks and just not keeping it simple and defending a takedown in a simple approach. I think if he had fought that fight again and go and say, you know what, I'm gonna fight this fight with a slightly more simple approach and just just get my shots off. I think he beats TJ, but in the moment, I think he thought he was gonna knock him out, and TJ capitalized off of that and said, all right, you're gonna try to spin and stuff. I'm gonna get you down and take your back and hold you and control the clock for this amount of time. But at the end of the day, I still think Corey is a better fighter than TJ. But with that said, my second takeaway is that TJ is still a damn good fighter. He's still a damn good fighter. And I still think he beats a good portion of the bantamweights. I just don't think he's as good as Corey Sanhagen.
3: Dillashaw gets the win. He wants the title shot. He wants the winner of Sterling versus Jan 2, which has apparently been agreed upon for October 30th. There's certainly an argument <clears throat> excuse me, to be had for that because he never technically lost the title in the cage. Of course, he's dealing with a nasty cut near his eye. His knee looked to have been a little banged up in the fight. So, if timing works out and all is okay on the injury front, do you think that Dillashaw should get the winner of that fight and fight for the belt next? Or do you do you personally need to see more from him before you're ready to make that decision and throw him
4: into another title fight? No, I don't. See, I don't need to see more from him. I think that he's, you know, going out there and. Regardless of me thinking that Corey Haken's a better fighter, TJ's still a damn good fighter. He's still, in the eyes of the judges, won that fight and has still kept it close. I, I think that he's deserving of a title shot if, you know, with the winner of uh, Aljamain Sterling and, Jan, and Peter Yan, yeah, I think that TJ deserves that shot.
3: Sanhagen, like you said, he's just so damn good, man. And most people felt that that he won the fight. And I I don't think it was a robbery per se. And his future is still super bright. There's a lot of really fun matchups for him. But I guess like one of the things I was thinking about the last couple of days is where does Rob Font now fit into this equation? Because he's right there in the mix for a title shot. I feel like timing is his worst enemy right now. But how does Rob sort of factor into this thing? Because if TJ gets a title shot, it seems pretty obvious you just do Sanhagen versus Font next, right?
4: It seems obvious like that, but you know what? Maybe you do. <laughs> you know, maybe you do. I, I, you know what I mean? It kind of makes sense. This is why that's, it's my favorite division. You know, the Bantamweights are my favorite division. You know, these guys are so good. They're so neck and neck, and it's going to take a little bit of time for them to clean, clean itself out. I mean, it reminds me of two years ago, the, the welterweight division where it was just like so many good guys and that's where the band weights are right now. Um, but yeah, I guess font and Sanhagen makes sense. I don't, but you know, I, yeah, I don't know if font wants that fight, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a tough, I think that's a tough out for font, but, um, but font's a tough dude. So like, you know, he, he he's down to fight anybody, it's, you know, from that Boston cartel, man, them guys, they don't care about
3: nothing. They'll fight you in the street. I agree with you 100%. So that was the main event. That had some controversy with the decision. Certainly wasn't egregious compared to other things that happened on this main card. Most notably, the co-main event, which was also a Bantamweight fight. And then, of course, the Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick fight, which we'll get into in a moment. But let's start with Holly on Paiva versus Kyler Phillips because Paiva gets the decision win. Pretty much everybody thought this should have been a draw because of what Phillips did in that first round. It should have been a 10-8 first round for sure for Phillips. And you can even make an argument, a slight one, since it's so rare, maybe even a 10-7 round. I mean, this is one-way traffic the whole way. 10-8 how I had it. I mean, dude, if, if Piva was getting 10-9s for winning his round, but Phillips got a 10-9 for that first round, how the hell is that even possible,
0: man? Like, how is this possible?
4: Yeah, and that's something that we need to discuss. But the reality of it is, is because the fighters are suffering from this and the commission is not suffering from it, the commission's not losing money by screwing fighters. The UFC's not losing money by screwing fighters. The fighters are the ones who are really suffering from this, from bad judging and bad decisions made by the powers that be. So, because of that, until the UFC's pockets are affected by it, or the commission more so is affected by it, we're not going to see a change because only the fighters are suffering. And they're just like, hey, you know what? Who cares? Because like, you can look at those decisions. You can't take that up with the commission. You try to go to the commission with that, they're going to rip it up and be like, see ya. You know, the decision is the, de- is the, is the decision. And that's what I'm going to tell you. But if it affected their pocket, like if they, if they got penalized for making bad decisions like that, we'd see a change in the scoring system and in the judging. But you're right. There's absolutely no way you could say this is a 10-9, and this is a 10, and this is a 10-9 as well, based on the effects of those rounds. I mean, it's ridiculous. And you know, my man got screwed from it. He's gonna have to, he's got to wear that L on his record because of that.
3: Yeah, and it should have been a draw. Like it, it, it sucks having a draw, but it's better than a loss. And right. you know, it's it, it's it's crazy for Kyler Phillips. He's supposed to fight Rafael Sunsa and get a top 10 guy. Now he's take a short notice fight with Holly Paiva and loses a fight that should have been a draw it's just nuts it's just crazy how these 10 nines are being compared the same it's just it's just absolutely asinine but i want to get your thoughts on the fight that everybody's talking about in terms of the judging macy barber gets the split decision win over miranda maverick she snaps the two fights getting look first off i had zero issue with the matchmaking here i know a lot of people did but in terms of the fight itself and the result No disrespect to Macy, Dean, because she has a bright future in the sport for sure. But outside of Macy herself, I didn't see one person, whether it be media, fighter, coach, fan, etc. Not one person did I see score that fight for Macy Barber. I assume you are not number two on that list. What did you think of the fight, the scoring of the fight? Are are you comfortable throwing out the word robbery in this case?
4: Yeah, I am. Um, And the reason being is because I see how hard fighters work in order to do their job and be good at their job. Fighters work damn hard to be good at their job. And when you have something like this happen, and it's not in their control, and they can't do anything about it, that's a robbery. That's an absolute robbery. It's like working hard to go to the bank, working hard, getting paid, getting a check, then you go to the bank to deposit it, and somebody steals it that's what happened to her. She worked for months for this fight. She did what she needed to do in order to win and somebody took that away from her. That's a robbery. Not only just from a W and L standpoint, but from a financial standpoint because these fighters in their contracts they typically get paid double to win. And the fact that these judges got that wrong, that's a robbery. She absolutely got robbed in that fight. She fought a hell of a fight, and it's it's a shame of what's happening. Did she have to to take that elbow? I think mean, we need to start a, a a GoFundMe to to give her her money. But nah, but, but it's a rob- It's an absolute robbery for them to do that to a fighter. You know, to get that wrong.
3: Do you think the in twenty twenty one at this point with the UFC and and the sport being so well established at this point? Is is the wind show payout structure, are we beyond this? Like, is this too oh, old yeah. school for us? Like, I, I feel like we wouldn't be harping on it this much. I mean, the judges, sure, that they have their share of the responsibility in this. They have pretty much all the responsibility in this. But at the same time, if we just improve that payout structure and it's just one flat fee for everybody, you know what you're getting paid, so forth and so on. Maybe you can get some bonuses and all of those things. I feel like we wouldn't be as upset about this as – maybe we would have been, you know, with the old, comparing the structures. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, and this is something I've been screaming for years. You can go back and check my MySpace page. I've been screaming this for years. <laughs> they need to get rid of the, the show and win bonus because the win bonus does not help you perform better. It doesn't. In fact, it makes you a boring fighter because you're going to do what you have to do in order to win. That's really what it does. I think they need to have one flat fee, then you get bonuses for finishing. Not for winning, but for finishing. I think the whole pay structure comes down to like a tournament style. I think that's really like the principle of the way we structure the pay is I think based on tournaments. Like if you advance in a tournament, you get more money. I think that's what it came down to. It's like, okay, you advance in a tournament, you get more money. You win the tournament, you get more money. But when you're talking about one single fight, you don't need to incentivize a fighter with double the money because that's not going to help them. It doesn't really help them. It absolutely doesn't help. Fighters want to win regardless. And that doesn't help them. But, but I think it hurts them in terms of, in terms of excitement because they're going to do what they have to do in order to win and not be exciting and go for a finish.
3: Everyone keeps saying we need to fix the judging. And you had a great idea about, you know, demonetizing, Bad decisions and bad judging. And in a good amount of cases, there, I mean, there's so much truth to that. But the big question is like in terms of like the infight action and how we actually score these things, like how do we do it? Like it's hard. A lot of people say like, oh, you got to get the right people in there, like the knowledge, maybe get some fighters in there. And it's really hard to do because there are there's not a lot of individuals who as kids when they write reports on what they want to be when they grow up. They say, you know what? I want to be an MMA judge. I bet there's tons of money in that. Like, who the hell wants that responsibility? Like, no one's writing articles about a judge who scores a fight correctly. Wow. Great scorecard. Great scorecard, Sal Diamato. It's all about the negative. Like, how in the world can we even fix this, Dean? Like, is it the actual 10-point must system? Is it just putting noise-blocking headphones on? Like, what can be done to improve the judging process within a fight as we know it?
4: Well, I think the problem is is really within a 10-point muff system, which I don't necessarily have a problem with if you're more willing to give 10 eights and 10 sevens because because of the way around is, is viewed is viewed. but when again, like when you look at that Kyler Phillips fight, it's like, that's definitely a 10 eight, could even be a 107. you know, and you got to use that and not just be like, oh, he won around, so give him a 10 nine oh, you know what, we can give a 10-8. Oh, I forgot about that. Because I think that's what happens sometimes. They forget that they can get a 10-7 because there's no way you can look at both of those rounds and say that they were the same. But I think that one thing we have to do, you know, the, the judges have to do is to really quantify what's important in a fight. You know, like how do you view leg kicks compared to jabs? How important are takedowns really? You know? I don't believe really it like how important is our takedowns really? Well, I mean, what have you done about putting a guy on his back? How close did you get to finishing? You did you didn't really. So if if I'll hit you and I knock you down, or if you take me down, like how do you score that? We gotta really quantify what's important in a fight. And I think that's what it comes down to is that we don't have a – we all don't view it the same way. Like if I'm getting kicked in my leg, like Fighters, when they're getting kicked in the leg, sometimes they don't even realize it. But yet the judges are like, oh, he's getting kicked in the leg. And fighters are not making adjustments because they're not realizing it because they don't realize that they're losing points on this. You know, in fact, I, I was talking to uh, Panny Kianzad about her fight with, with, uh, she just had a fight in Vegas a few weeks ago. And the name will come to me in a second. And she was getting kicked in the leg and I was asking her, I was like, why didn't you make the adjustment? She said, I didn't even realize I was getting kicked. In the moment, I didn't realize I was getting kicked. So this is what I'm saying. So like, they're not really recognizing, but she's losing points because of it, but she's not even realizing. So I think that we need to really establish what weighs in a fight and fighters need to understand that going into a fight so that they can make the proper adjustments and then we can score these fights properly.
3: I mean, if you're Macy Barber, you're going full heel with this, right? Like, shut up, you know nothing. I actually 1080'd her in all three rounds. There is no controversy, Jessica. I, where you at? Like, that's exactly what she should be doing, right? Uh,
4: yeah, no, I think she should shut up and just be like, you know what? It was a close fight. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't make myself the winner. The judges saw me as the winner. I'm sorry that it worked out that way. You know, that's a, that's all she can say is, hey, listen, it's not my fault. The judges saw me as the winner. I went out and fought my fight. And they said I was the winner. I'm going home and taking my check.
3: Fair enough. In terms of the rest of the the action, who is uh, who is your MVP of the card that we haven't talked about yet? Like who impressed you the most on Saturday?
4: Oh wow, I got to think back. Hmm. Honestly, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, but um, Miranda Maverick. <laughs> yeah, Miranda Maverick. I mean, I thought she fought, like honestly because I know how good macy is and you know i know how good macy is and i know how athletic she is and you know how devastating of a fighter she could be for miranda maverick to bully her around the way she did for those first two rounds i was like she's miranda's really good you know she's a really good fighter she she didn't make a lot of mistakes in that fight i thought she did what she needed to do i mean, obviously. Macy came back in that third, but Macy's a good fighter. Like we don't—I don't want to take that away from her. So, like you're talking about two really good fighters. If if I had to give an MVP in that fight, I would say, or in that on that entire card, Miranda Maverick was my MVP in that entire card. I dig and it. And she lost. And she lost. And <laughs> like that's it. That's what, that's what. I mean. She lost. She's my MVP.
3: So the stock still rose despite not yeah. getting the second half of the paycheck. So there you yeah. go this coming to, I mean, tons of MMA this weekend, the UFC's back. Of course they're going head to head with Bellator and that massive main event between Patricio Pitbull and A.J. McKee. A lot of people are calling Pitbull and McKee, the biggest fight in Bellator history. Do you agree with that? Do you, do you feel like this is the biggest fight in Bellator history? I feel like there's a lot of other fights that aren't even being discussed.
4: Well, in terms of like popularity, it's not even close. You know, there's been a lot of, big fights in Bellator history. I mean, in terms of popularity, I mean, you could talk about Chandler Alvarez, you know, so like like those fights are just, you know, they've been massive. But I think in terms of like, from a sport perspective, this is a really, this is a pretty big fight. You know, uh, it's just, they're not very popular. You know, You know, not a lot of people know them, but from a, a sport perspective, AJ McKee has been groomed for this moment. I know his father well, He's been groomed for this moment. He's undefeated and he's a savage. And Pitbull is a savage in his own right. Like I've studied him. He's a guy who barely makes mistakes. He's able to make adjustments in fights. He's a really good fighter. He's adapted to situations of fights. I mean, from a sport perspective, this is a phenomenal fight. And I gotta give, you know, Bellator credit for being able to make this happen because like, I think this is what they wanted. You know, like when you talk about the two top fighters at one forty five, outside of the UFC, that's them. I mean, they could go into, either of these guys to go into UFC and give a run to anybody at one forty five. So they're really good fighters, and this is a big fight. But from a public standpoint, I don't think it's the biggest fight in military history.
3: You got a pick for that fight?
4: I don't. I don't have a pick for that. <laughs> fight. I mean, uh, I don't, it's so hard. It's so hard to say. But I guess if I had to pick, if I absolutely had to pick. I would say Pitbull, just you know, his experience of being able to make adjustments in fights, and we've re- we've rarely seen AJ McKee like in trouble, so we don't know how he's going to respond to to being in trouble. I mean, he's I mean, he just shuts everybody out. Like, he's that good. He shuts everybody out. But you know, every every t- every fighter, their card gets pulled where they have to really step up. This is going to be his time, so it's just we're going to see how he does when he has to step up.
3: I love that fight. Uh, two last quick things. The Dana White F it Friday parody video you put out was phenomenal. <laughs> Dude, it was so <laughs> funny. What inspired you to put that, that together? Cause it was gold, man.
4: <laughs> you know, I'm a creative man. I like to just do creative <laughs> things. And when I saw Dana do that video in the morning, I said, oh, I'm going to get him. And like, I, was, I, was, and I had to go to work. I work at a, I do a radio show. Uh, and I was like, I got, I can't wait till the show's over. because I got to go home and do this video. And like I had just been waiting to do that all day to get him. But I was thinking it, I was like, Man, I hope Dana don't get pissed off because he's gonna fire me. <laughs> but um apparently he liked it, I suppose. But even if he didn't, I tagged everybody in uh in the company so that everybody could see it. But uh I don't know, man. I just I saw it and I and nobody really goes at Dana like that. So I had to go at him.
3: That's good. So he never he never responded and said
4: anything to you about it? No, nah, he 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 um he posted on it and just gave me the finger. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, was, I was actually waiting for a phone call from him to be like, yo, take it down. And it never came. So I was like, all right, it's cool. <laughs> uh,
3: last thing, Brandon Allen got a big win over Puna Soriano. Great, great performance from him. The guy just keeps getting better and better. Why does he owe you
4: $3? Uh, he actually didn't owe me $3. He's a good buddy of mine. Okay. So I was, I was just <laughs> he's a good buddy. I, I like Brandon Allen. I've known him for a long time. You know, he's a Louisiana boy. He used to train with a, a good buddy of mine, Rich Clementi, And, uh, you know, I uh, we hung out in Milwaukee. And now he's down here in South Florida. So I see him all the time. I just like to give him a hard time. Hell of a fighter. Got a bright future ahead of him. So I got to give him a hard time. No one really
3: understands, like, how young he is. Because he, yeah. like, he looks like he's 38 years old. But he's like, what's he, 25, 26? Not even?
4: Something like that. He's a, he's a, he's a kid, man. He's, just, he's a young kid. But he's got a lot, he's got a lot of potential a lot of potential
3: i agree dean you are the man i will let you go off to whatever you got to be doing in the vehicle but uh it's crazy hey you have 90 minutes ago to, to jump on and do this you did not disappoint i appreciate it very much sir and uh w- when are you back
4: on the broadcast i'm on this weekend so you going nice. see me this weekend i'll be doing the pre show and the post show this weekend strickland and hall that's gonna be fireworks <laughs> and i can't wait to do that There is Dean
3: Thomas providing a, I mean, no surprise here, a lot of excellent insights, analysis, and a lot of truth, if we're being honest. And I thank him for jumping on as we get ready to wrap up another edition here on what the heck, like I said, a little bit of an uh, an abbreviated version, just schedules and all sorts of craziness. Wanted to give you, definitely wanted to give you a show. And uh, Dean, big part of it, of course, a lot going on here and in the world of MMA and combat sports, but. We will be at Bellator 63, the Fight Week festivities, so follow along with us throughout the week. We'll have some more interviews and other things coming up as well that relates to that card, the UFC card, um, and just fight sports in general. BTL will be back on Thursday as well. First time we've missed BTL in i don't know 60 something weeks so we had to miss it just too much going on last week but we will be back with a very special edition this coming thursday so we're just getting started this week here on mafighting.com the ace Eye will be back as well big thank you to you guys and gals for watching the program big thanks to casey light on the production alex and jose on the graphics and the social media stuff have a heck of a week everybody and by the way we if you haven't seen on ma fighting already we already confirmed it the rematch is happening in November. November 6th is what I'm being told by multiple people UFC 268, Kamara Usman versus Colby Covington 2. So get excited for that. And one individual who wants to fight on that card, it's not official at MSG, but that seems to be where we're heading madison square garden on november 6th ufc 268 and after this man's performance this past saturday he wants to be a part of that card as well have a week heck yeah excuse me have a heck of a week everybody oh what a week and enjoy my conversation with one of the week winners from this past saturday night mickey gall all right let us say hello to mickey gall who returned to action after around 13 or so months away and man did he deliver he overwhelms and stops a very tough a usually very durable, Jordan Williams, submitting him in the first round. Mickey, good to see you, man. Congratulations. How are you? Doing great, bro. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for doing this, especially just 48 hours or so after the win. What a performance, man. A lot of people feel that this was the very best performance of your career. Do you agree with that sentiment?
5: Um, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, this is good. You know, get to do everything, drop the guy uh, put a couple choke, you know, a couple guillotines on them, uh, rock them again. And then, uh, you know, rolled the mount, get the back, choke them out. Uh, you know, it was clean. It was a clean performance for sure. And yeah, like you said, man, I knew, you know, Jordan Williams, he, uh, he's a really tough guy, man. You know, nine wins, seven by knockout and yeah, he's durable as heck. He was up at 85 taking, you know, hard, hard shots and not he didn't get dropped his whole last fight. Uh, I, you know i did have a feeling maybe coming down to 70 might be might make that chin a little more durable but i didn't plan for it i didn't plan for it um i expected you know the durable dude he, i think he is durable i think it's just how hard i hit you know
3: why were you kind of hesitant in saying that that was the best performance of your career you said i guess so i i'm kind of curious to to your mentality behind uh, that
5: i i watched it like uh it was just I, you know, I, you always feel. I always feel like I could, I could do even more. You know what I mean? I, like I, after I dropped him the first time, I probably could have ground and pounded him a little more, dropped some elbows or something. Like I, I that was a big shot, and he, he was definitely rocked, and I knew it. But I was looking more past, and he got up, and I grabbed the guillotine. I didn't throw the leg over the back leg at all, and I just let him, like I roll out. Like it, it was, it was like I slapped on a. Like not like not a like it was a good high elbow. The upper body did great, but my lower body didn't do exactly what I'm supposed to do technically. Like I you know as a jujitsu black belt like under David A. D. Like I know what's right and what's wrong. And I watched that geat and I'm like, whoa! Like it, it wasn't that good. Like I should have I could have probably finished him there. Um, but it was good. I, I was happy. I got more time to go and you know strike and I just it felt great, man. I, obviously, the win felt the best, but like the just like every being in there felt great like you know seeing everything I, he hit hit me a couple times and i was just like nah that's not going to do it like i could take those all day like that's i'm not worried about like so that i, I remember feeling that in there <clears throat> which which is like nice and you know everything just come when i when i first started like uh like even when i fought you know my first like four ufc fights like i was not that comfortable on my feet like, I, I, you know, I, I was very comfortable in the practice room, but then when it's like in there, it's a little different. Um, and that's com- like, that's changed. That's, that's made a complete 180. Like, I'm so comfortable there now. And I've been comfortable there probably since like the George Sullivan fight. Um, but that means, you know, like, you know, uh, Mike Jackson, CM Punk, Sage, and uh, like the Randy Brown fight, like all those, I, I was not very comfortable on my feet. I didn't have so much of a, a clue, but now I like, I just, it's, it's completely different. I'm, you know, I, and even then, like I was working towards this, but now it's just, I'm, I'm so comfortable. I'm, I'm at home. I'm at home. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's great.
3: Yeah. It's funny you you say that because I remember like those past interviews we used to do when you first got into the UFC. And after those like first couple of wins, you were, you always said like, I, I can't wait to show off my improved striking. And, you know, it, it, it just seemed like you never really got the chance to do that. George, you got to a little bit. But from there, like, this is the time you really got to show it more and more. So that must have felt just great being able to just show everybody. You know what I mean? Like, you, you must have just felt amazing just being it, able to, to show some of the It was even better
5: just being able, just for me, just how I felt. Not so much just showing it to people, just feeling it. Because that's just, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I, I have that, whatever people saw or think, cool. But, like, I just know, like, it's, you know, I felt comfortable uh, in the last one with, with Perry and, you know, the the ones before, like, I, I'd say, like, the George Sullivan one, that's where I first, and I got to credit uh, Joe Schilling and, like, Eve Edwards with that, because was, that was around the time I started working with them, and they helped me so much. Um, and, but I'm, like, in, even the George Sullivan, I landed, like, uh, two punches and a kick, and then, uh, you know, I, I took him down. So, you know, the, uh, this one, like, it, it was nice. It, you know what I mean? I just was there, just comfortable, it's just so comfortable.
3: Last year, we're we're dealing with the pandemic, still are to some degree, but you know, you talked about the fight with Mike Perry, didn't go your way. You were supposed to fight Miguel Baez in September, you are forced to withdraw from that one. A pretty tough 2020 for you overall when it comes to Mickey Gall, the fighter. But I guess for what were you able to take away from 2020, you know, the loss, the time away, et cetera, that got you so ready mentally for this fight with Jordan?
5: Bro, you know, and that wasn't even the. I had so much adversity in this camp. Like after having to pull out of the Baeza fight, you know, first time I ever had to pull out, hopefully it's the last, not wood. Um, I got my, my, I was hurt. I was hurt bad. Like I should not have fought then made the right decision, but I had like that type that the injury from then started like showing little things again. So I had to get like, I had to get shots in my back months ago and I had to get shots in my back in this camp, take a few days off for that. I had to take a week off in this camp because of my uh a different injury I had. And it, you know, that's all you want to do is train and you feel great. And you wait, I'm you know, waking up early, ready, you know, like like I said, Williams, not uh nine wins, seven knockouts. I better be training and come correct, you know, terrible dude. So it was tough, but uh we've made a great late push. Like we did no taper. There's no tape, usually you taper like two weeks out. The past like three weeks, including even like the last week in Vegas, like we, especially in the last one in Jersey, the week before, we were going balls out to the wall hard. That was peak camp, and uh, I think it uh you know helped me peak at the right time. Um, but yeah, my team really uplifted me. Like L.J. Roboli had just who will, is a future UFC guy, like no doubt, probably future champ. Uh, you know, can't say enough good things about him. He got his win. Uh, on the regional scene uh he'd be doing like a minute and then was spending six hours in the gym with me plus like the person private lessons he teaches and all this stuff like he he's so he, he's not only like the skills of like a champion but he's got like the character of a champion and and he's it's so weird how he's just as good of a coach if not like he's just as good as he is as a fighter as a coach it's 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 unbelievable and he's he's the youngest one of the like on the team in the in the corner it was LJ bull he's twenty six uh, and then, you know, there's me. I, so I think I'm in a great place. I got Matt Brown. Who's like the player coach, you know, uh, a little older, me, more experienced legend. And then I have David Adiv, who's the wise man, who's just been by my side from the beginning. And, you know, that whole team just got together. You know, everyone clicked. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's having great times laughing, joking, you know, all week. And uh, that's just what you want. You know, you want it like that. No bullshit. It's just
3: all love. Did it get... To did it get close to you having to to pull the plug on this fight? Like was the pain that bad? I wouldn't do it. I de- de- definitely like, but I I
5: I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Uh there was no way. Uh it was not definitely not an ideal. There's a lot of things that were not ideal. But there was I could not I c I couldn't I couldn't pull out of two fights in a row. Uh you know what I mean? I couldn't you can't pull out your first fight and then pull out your, like, what are we just gonna keep pulling? You know what I mean? Like I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I had to, I had to go, had to get there. And like my, my team really like uplifted me. Like, you know, there are times where I was just like, always in the past, like you have a fight and your your whole life, like you have your purpose, everything makes sense. Like you're like, I'm a fighter. I'm in fight camp. This is what I'm supposed to do. Everything's perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're working hard. But now it's like, I wasn't like, it just wasn't as fun. I wasn't having fun. I was, I was miserable for the past month. I was like, you know, I was constantly tired, sore, in pain, for like just miserable, man. I was annoyed. I was, uh, I was like pissed off, you know. Uh, and my team just, they were just so great. They, 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 they you know, it's it really is a team sport, and I'm so fortunate to have such good people around me
3: you learned obviously uh, about Jordan along the way and you, you saw his record and you saw how tough and durable he was. Did you know much about him when the initial offer came? Like, was he a guy that was even on your radar considering he was an 85 or for a good stretch of his career?
5: No, I, I, when they said the name, I had to look him up. Uh, and they're like, we got this guy for you or, or you can wait. I was like, die let's fight you know what I mean of course I need I need to fight I'm, I, I've been trying to fight get back since like the spring you know that's when my body was finally feeling better um actually I yeah yeah that's when in the winter I started to like turn a corner and uh spring I was ready to you know take a UFC fight again and um yeah I didn't I didn't know what's about him but I looked him up and when I looked him up I was like fuck like saying this ain't a fucking easy or like fun fight like this is going to be a grind this is going to be uh i expected you know be ball busted up today and limping and whatever but i you know i knew i i'd I'd get the win um yeah he's he's so tough Like he's a southpaw you gotta do things differently there's just so there's like a there's a lot of crap along with it you know when i I looked into him i was just impressed with the guy uh that he is stuff he's overcame and you know he's a good dude, and you know I was just ready to, you know, just go there and be a warrior.
3: Was that the first fight you were offered along the way, or did they offer you other things and you just could not the take them because fight. you were... Oh uh, no, kidding! That
5: was the only fight for first and only. Yeah, first and only fight I was offered. Um, and let's let's be honest, I've been I've been spoiled to a degree with some big fun fights. You know, I came in the UFC and I had Mike Jackson, and I had CM Punk, and I had Sage Northcutt. You Know what I mean? Like, it's I've had you know, and then you know, I just so many just Perry Diego, all these fights are big, huge names, big fights. Condit, I suppose, fight. Um, so it was like you know, it was, it was different. It was like a guy, yeah, who I, I didn't know, I didn't know of, but I knew he was tougher than hell, you know. It's like it was so, like, you could all like you would stay like uh, big, big risk, uh, bigger risk, li- little reward because not as many people know him if you know, if you lose to. As I was like, you know, you lost someone. People don't even know. It's whatever. You know, it's not it's just whatever. But uh, you know, I know, I know that motherfucker made me, you know, get up and work and you know put put some fear into me that you know I had to come correct and uh, yeah, we got it done. So that's it's it's great to just you know be on this side of it.
3: What sort of that like outsider perspective on people really not knowing who Jordan was? I mean, you have essentially grown up in the UFC as a professional fighter. You're 29 years of age. You're just now reaching your athletic prime, and you know losing to a guy like Jordan Williams could put you in a tough spot from the company's point of view. So, did you have any extra totally. pressure heading into this fight?
5: i uh, yeah. I mean, I always you always got to pressure yourself. You never want to get your ass kicked on TV. You always want to you know win. I I got family and friends and little baby sisters who watch the fights and you know cry, or were crying even though I won and stuff like it's it's yeah there's there's always a lot of pressure but you just gotta you know i turn the noise down on that and I just gotta go in there and just be me if, I'm, if I got my eyes and my body like I I can beat anybody you know what I mean I'm good like i can uh, but uh so, but yeah you can you can, all that stuff can get to you and you know bother you and distract so, so it's just trying to keep it you know keep it simple and i yeah. We made it work, man. I, I was in, I was in a lot of pain this camp. I was in a lot of pain, uh, the physical pain. And then, you know, just a frustration from the physical pain and not being able to do things I like there's so many things I was, I was limited on. And, uh, yeah, I, I know my ne- I'll be even better the next time I, I get to take like a week or two off, go chill down the shore. And, you know, I know I'll be even better the next time and looking, you know, looking like it'll probably be November at Madison square garden uh, who knows? That's what, you know, I quickly talked to Sean Shelby in the hallway, um, that, you know, I'd be great right, right back in my backyard. And, um, you know, I I know I'll be even better now. It's only only going to get better. I've, you know, I've known, like you said, growing up in the UFC, like we're going to, I've known all my, uh, growing pains are going to be shown to the world and people are going to judge me off them. And people probably will probably look look at me as a kid who came in and, you know, didn't have, the striking it was you know that 24 year old kid and whatever but, uh i'm not i've I've been i've been had that opportunity to train with you know best people in the world not i've you know taken it very seriously and it's it's paying off and I, it's going to continue to pay off like you know the top guys in my division are like six seven years older than me you know what i mean they have a lot more fights and a lot more experience and i'm getting that all in the job so i'm just trying to stay active like i've been doing Obviously, this year what didn't wasn't ideal for being active when you get hurt. It's hard to beat, you know. But uh, we're gonna be active. We're gonna get after, it. and you know, I I really think it's gonna be a real cool story at the end. And you know, it's championship or bust for me. So you know, when I get that belt, that's gonna make a real cool story. The one and no kid who came in to fight the wrestler. You know, you'll get to see uh, everything. You got to get to see my whole career in front of the spotlights, and you know, and it's gonna have a really cool finish, I'm sure.
3: Did I see that you were at a first communion and you called to test you?
5: Yeah. Um, I was at, I was at my little, uh, baby sister Ryland's, uh, first communion. And I'm getting my, my, I'm getting calls in my pocket. My phone's during my phone. I'm look, I don't recognize the number. I put it down. Like, like I'm getting a little like annoyed. And then I step out of the church. I'm like, like I call this person back and be like, hello, like what, what are you doing? Like blowing me up and like, Hey Mickey, it's Usada. I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so they they came and met me at the communion party back at my dad's house. And, uh, 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 you know, P-tested me and had to do all the stuff. And R- Ryland was out there in her communion dress offering him drinks and stuff. It was, it was cute.
3: That was Test 25, right? Was that 20? That was the twenty. That was one? Test
5: 25. And I, so I'm at like 26,
3: 27 now.
5: Damn, yeah,
3: look at you. We really did grow up in the UFC. So you mentioned MSG. November right. seems to make sense. Carlos Condit was a name that came to mind. And uh, of course you were supposed to fight him in December of 2019 on that DC card. He gets injured. The fight was scrapped. And I felt the concept makes a ton of sense for sure. Now there's even more of a built-in storyline with Matt Brown being part of the team. He's the player coach for you. And, you know, he had that fun scrap with Condit in January. Do you, you talk to Sean? Did, did, do you feel that he in the UFC feels the same way, you and I do that? This is the direction everybody should go after Saturday. I have no idea. And, uh, to be honest,
5: it is saying, saying, uh, bringing up, like, I didn't have a name in my head. This is like the first time, first fight where I don't have a name, you know? Um, so it was, I, I guess it's kind of like an old habits die hard. Like they're that thing. Someone brought it up. I was like, you know what? Like I'm supposed to like condo. Like I don't kind of sit to my car. It wouldn't, if there was someone who you looked up to as a kid that you were supposed to interview and then they get sick and or hurt and can't interview still want to do that interview. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. I still want to do that fight. You know, i looked up to condit as a kid. I, I, uh, I, uh, you know, and I was supposed to fight him. So it kind of sits, sits in my crawl a little bit, but at the same time, I'd, I'd rather fight. I'll fight, you know, I'd rather fight anyone than not fight um, in the next couple months. So if it's kind of cool, big name, Legend, former champ, you know, former interim champ, champ. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would love it. But otherwise, whatever, whoever, you know what I mean? I just got to stay active, keep fighting. The more I fight, you know, when lose a draw, I'm going to get better every time. And, uh, you know, I plan on rattling off some rim- wins, getting both my checks, you know, keeping keeping things going.
3: Was it, like, refreshing to not have a name to call out? Like, not have to worry about that? Um.
5: I guess it kind of was like it, it. It was more just like almost like circumstantial. Like I just, I just needed to get to. I just needed to get this freaking win. You know, I mean, my I didn't have the time. I was uh, every my every other waking moment was I was icing stuff and trying to re, re, recuperate and heal and do stuff like that. Like I didn't have time to think about. I didn't think about po- what I was going to say in my post fight. Like in the past, you think about like maybe. You know, you got an idea what you want to say to kind of make things happen, use your moment. I didn't think about none of that. All I was thinking about was just getting in there and fighting and getting my win and just, you know, I was ready to die before I lose. I, you know, right as I was about to walk out, I was like, I'm i am not going back to that hotel loser. I'm not coming back to Jersey a loser. I'm, I, I, I would, you know, I would have rather died than do that. So if that was what it was going to be, he needed to, he would have needed to put me unconscious and put me out, out bad because I was going to be fighting till the end. Um, and I, I've, you know, I, I, I love that feeling. That's what, you know, that's why I'm ready to fight. And, uh, you know, I was right there. I was right there. I was just see, you know, killer be killed. And that's, that's, that's the, that's a drug I'm hooked to that feeling. It's scary. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, uh, cause it's, it's, it is like scary in the way that, you know, scary, like it's scary, like, I, you know, but I, I, I mean it and, you know, it was sincere and I I was just ready to do it. Whatever it took.
3: yeah. I, I feel like these last five years, I think you've handled it very well. Like you, you did what any other twenty-four year old would try to do. You try to make a name for yourself. You try to get up there as fast as possible. It's been championship or bust for you. But I feel like you've learned really good lessons along the way. I feel like we we're finally we're starting to see a, a wiser, mature uh, student of the game. Like you've always been a student of the game, but I feel like some of the you know the callouts and, and some of those things. I don't know if they weighed you down, but I feel like your focus and everything's just kind of coming in at the right time. Like everything's clicking perfectly for you. Do you, do you feel the same way? Like, do you feel like these lessons you learn in five years, like that you're just putting small deposits in the bank and now we're ready to, to purchase a mansion, so to speak.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, even though that was only my 10th pro fight when usually people don't get signed to the UFC till after they have 10 pro fights, that was only my 10th pro fight, but I, but I feel like a veteran. I felt Jordan Williams had more fights than me, but I knew I was the veteran in there. You know what I mean? I that's my that's my ninth Uf, UFC fight in the UFC cage. You know what I mean? So, although I'm young still, I'm you know I'm still I'm in my twenties and I'm you know, um, but I, I still I feel like a veteran. I feel like a veteran in ways, even though I know I'm you know I still got a lot to learn and all that stuff. But I have some I've vet experience, and uh, you know um you know it it helps it's a nice thing to have to have you know what i mean it definitely helps like you said yeah I, I've, I've learned a lot of you know uh felt like the man i've been humbled i've i've had a lot of you know things happen just, just growing up as a fucking human being you know what i mean like all that stuff and it it uh it just it feels real good right now
3: uh have you been impressed with 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 condit I mean, you, obviously you wanted that fight, but you know, he's been pretty active three fights in nine months. He's been staying busy. Uh, he, he lost a, a pretty entertaining fight with Max Griffin uh, earlier this month. What have you sort of made of his showing since he came back after the long layoff?
5: Man, I, I, uh, yeah, he definitely impressed me in the, in, in the fight with Brown. Like he, he pulled out a couple moves that, um, and, and he just, he doesn't stop moving that dude. he, you know they call him a natural born killer. is a natural born killer, and he, he fights to the end. And there's no Carlos Kahn is not laying down for anybody. You know what I mean? He's fighting till the end. He's fighting every position, every second, the whole time. He's just he's a fighter. He's he's a fighter as true as you can get. Um. So yeah, I I I was impressed with him. I also know I can do some bad shit to him and put him in some really bad spots and beat him everywhere. So, you know, it's, I think it's a good fight for me to step my career up. Um, you know what I mean? Like I I, I know I could beat his ass on the feet. I know I could beat his ass on the ground in the wrestling. Every, wherever it goes, I, I feel like I, I'll be able to dominate. So, you know, like I said, my next performance is going to be my best one. And then the one after that, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, so I, 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 I like the fight for me. I liked it for me a year and a half ago. And, you know, I, I, I like it now.
3: Can I ask you what the significance of the number 22 is? Cause I know that that, that number comes yeah. up a lot. You, you post about it, your, your sister, Jamie and kudos to yeah, her. I got just, it. Yeah. So, what's it, what's the significance of that number?
5: All right. This might sound kind of uh, corny, but whatever. Me and my sister are both born on the 22nd. I'm um, January 22nd. She's September 22nd. And then like throughout the day, like I was a, all sports growing up. We always wore number 22. Like, I was just like, our, I was our thing. Um, and like throughout the day, my dad, we have a group child, like me and my dad and my sister, my dad will text like at 9:22. he'll text us, you know, 22. And like, I, I see 22s everywhere last yesterday, getting on my flight, it was 9:22 in, uh, Vegas. And it was boarding at 1122. Like I just, it's, 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 just, it's like a good vibe sign to me. Um, and there, are like, I've, I haven't really looked into it, but there's a lot of big things with like, with that number. Um, there's, there's like, there's something, there's something to it. Uh, So, yeah, I like I'll I'll see the clock. I'll see the clock five times today and four of them. It's going to be on 22. Just when I randomly look, it just happens. You know what I mean? Just good vibes. And uh, 2022 is coming up soon. So I think there's going to definitely be some big shit happening next year. You know what I mean? I, I know. I know. I know.
3: Wow. That's that's crazy, man. That's crazy how yeah. the 22 is just, is just kind of floating out there and you just see it all everywhere. Um, I, real quick, I, I know your sister, Jamie, she's been an inspiration for a lot of people right now. I saw her post, she celebrated, I believe it was seven years of, of sobriety and it seems like she's yeah. come back from a lot, man. Like, what, 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 How much of an inspiration has she been to you, just not only overcoming that, but I know she's helped you along the way in a lot of other ways as well.
5: Couldn't even put a dent in how much she's helped me, like with my career and just making everything easier and helpful and just great. Uh, but yeah, she, like she's my little sister, but she's like a big sister me in a lot of ways. Like she's a she's a boss. She's a fucking boss, and she uh, she's a like she's just a gangster man. Like she was unfortunately her gangster ways led her to into some some hard times and some problems. But now she has that stuff harnessed. You know, and she, it, she's using it for good, and it's uh, it's, it's it's so inspiring. I'm happy, and I'm happy to, you know, like she was talking to me the other day, like she thinks like like people would hit her up after, like a lot of people obviously give like, but some people would be like, hey, I hope that didn't bother you that he like blew up your anonymity, you know what I mean? Because you're supposed to be like someone like anonymity in the um that community, and she's like, no, fuck that. Like, I think anonymity like keeps people you know, like ashamed and hiding and stuff. Like, I'm I'm proud to be seven years. And I, I'm so proud of her, you know, being seven years. Because without that, she's n- not here. She's d- dead, in jail, or probably dead. You know what I mean? Like, there's many times in my life, like when I was first, like, as my fighting was like therapy for me. Because like, when I was like first getting into it, like, that's when she was having a lot of her problems. And uh, like, there were times where I was like, the next time, like I hold my sister's hand, it's going to be cold at her funeral. You know, and like that's my baby sister. Like it's, it's 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 scary. And it's I like I like how I said it's the happiest thing of my life. It, it is. It's a, it's it's because without that, like seven years sobriety, I don't have my sister. I don't have my best friend. I don't have any of that. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it, um, and we, I hope we can help people because I know on the family side they got Alan on and all that stuff, and then those meetings weren't for me. But it's it's a real helpless, tough thing when a person you know and love like becomes a fucking, they're an alien, they're a zombie. There's someone you don't know and they're in the, it's stuck in that addiction because it's crazy. It just takes over the body and the brain. Um, so, you know, we're, we're always you know trying to help too and spread awareness and stuff. And I just know, I, and it's not easy by any means, but I know, I think addicts are like the strongest people there are when you, you know what I mean? They're, they're super, uh, capable and, and, uh, super strong and, um, when they get clean they're a fucking force to be reckoned with you don't want to go against one of those motherfuckers they're tough they're tough here you know it's
3: uh, very impressive stuff well said great for her great for you as well to go in there and get a big win after a year away and uh congratulations with it enjoy it all the best to you and in, in getting on that msg car whether it's against carlos condit or or any welter right, right, who's buddy. ready to put put pen to paper my man so enjoy it you're listening to the vox media podcast network